today on Locked On Canadians, a game preview, a season preview, lots of preview content coming right up on Locked On Canadians. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 930. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. My name is Laura Saba. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Bentla. And we are your regular hosts. I know you don't see us together very often lately. Uh, but we wanted to both be here to preview the Montreal Canadian season as well as the Habs Leafs uh, game tonight. So in a moment, we will get into our predictions for the full season. First, I do want to talk about this Leafs game. Scott, how excited are you for the hockey season to have started? Uh, great until the first goal goes in and then we are all the way in it in into it's so over territory on the we're so back to it's so over meter uh, for this season. Uh, they open against the Leafs, which is always it's just it's going to be ridiculously stupid. Not in like a, hey, look at all these dudes fighting and doing illegal stuff kind of way. In a, this game doesn't make any sense kind of way. Last year, the Habs should have lost to the Leafs. And then took the lead late, coughed it up, and then scored with 17 seconds left on the clock. Because nothing makes any sense. They won a game where Rem Pitlick was their first line winger. Like, Habs-Leafs never makes any sense. And... People looked at the lines. Josh Anderson's on the top line. Jake Allen is starting. Arbor Jack guy was not in the practice rotation. We will get to that in a little bit. To which I say, it doesn't matter who's in net because Josh Anderson turns into the great one reincarnated when he plays the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is inexplicable. I do not understand it. I do not know what fuels it. But when Josh Anderson sees a Maple Leaf jersey across from him, he is like, I am the greatest power forward this league has ever seen. Eric Lindros, bum. Mario Lemieux, bum. Yager, bum. Josh Anderson against the Leafs, money in the bank most of the time. And I'm here for that level of just like (laughs) petty spite because he can't do it against any other team as often as he does it there. So I'm just... I'm here for that. I am here for Josh Anderson living to spite the Toronto Maple Leafs in every single game. What's the saying? 70% of the time it works every time. 60% of the time it works every time. time. Yes. We're going to throw an anchorman quote in this here. Josh Anderson, which is also true based on how often he's injured is 60% of the time he works every time. So (laughs) I will, I will take those odds for a guy with a surgically repaired shoulder coming off an ankle injury. So Absolutely. Uh, so generally on a, in a game preview, this is the very beginning of the season. We don't have a whole lot to go on in terms of how the Canadians have been doing. There's been some interesting roster um, moves and I guess roster preparation. I can't even say moves because it's not the middle of the season. Um, but we like to do things like keys to the game, what to watch out for, who needs to improve, who needs to step up. So 
Scott, if I were to ask you, what are three things that you're confident in? Well, two things now that you talked about Josh Anderson. And what are three things that you're very worried about in terms of this game? Like Josh Anderson is one thing that we can be confident in. Um, the other thing to me, I think Nick Suzuki's always like he, he always steps it up for games like this. Um, he loves to, you know, um, he grew up in Leafs country, essentially, uh, and he loves to really, really uh, be intense. He's he's less in your face than than Josh Anderson, but he's very intense in the way that he plays. He's very poised. He makes smart decisions. So I feel like we can be confident in him. Um, and then I think we can also be confident in the fact that uh, it's going to go to overtime. So here's my whole thought is that I am confident in Cole Caulfield doing what he does. He scored, I believe, twice in the season opener against the Leafs last year. And he's looked reinvigorated in this preseason. And I think that he has every opportunity to truly make some noise in this game. I know Anderson should be good for a goal or a couple of assists in this game. Suzuki will collect points on there. And I think Caulfield is someone that they need to be aware of. I have a lot of confidence in him going into this game. And then Toronto, their lower lines is that Fraser Minton is a, a guy who will likely go back to the WHL this year, is anchoring their third line. Their fourth line features Ryan Reeves on it. The Canadians' bottom six, while maybe not all the way better around in terms of skill, is likely a better set overall. If they can win, especially against that fourth line, if that if they can get good talent out there against Toronto's fourth line, which is Ryan Reeves and a couple of other people, Noah Gregor, et cetera, they can get offense created out of that. And I think that they need to exploit that. Play with speed. The Canadians play a faster brand of hockey. Uh, the third line of Monaghan, Gallagher, Pearson, notwithstanding, play to your strengths. Stay out of the nonsense with Domi and Bertuzzi and Reeves and whoever else, and stay out of the box as best you can. The top line, we know Toronto's top six is very good. Nylander, Tavares, Marner, Matthews, it'll have Domi, it'll have Bertuzzi. It's a good group. If you can, you know, draw that into a stalemate and try to isolate that as best you can and win with your bottom six, I think they can do that. I think they have the skilled players to do that. But what is worrying me is that David Savard is going to play a lot against a team like the Leafs who are very good at just putting pucks in areas that are hard for defenders to get to and getting really creative with how they cycle the puck. David Savard is not exactly the most fleet of foot, bless his heart, that the Canadians need to be smart defensively. Take your clears. Don't get too crazy with it. Be smart with the puck and don't give Toronto opportunities to use that high end. And it is a higher end skill than the Canadians have to beat you on odd man rushes or cycles. Be smart with that. Jake Allen starts in net, whether that's good or bad. I don't know. I would have started Montembeau, but I, I don't know. It's... That was going to be one of my concerns actually is whether or not it should have been Montembeau. I think both goaltenders, if the preseason is to go any is is uh, anything to go by, both goaltenders are going to let in a weird, stinky goal at the very beginning, and then be able to kind of close the door after that. But I, I could do without spotting Toronto that one zero lead. To be honest, I mean it is Toronto; no lead is safe, but still. Yeah, and that's the thing about it is, Montembeau will probably they'll probably they have four games in the first two weeks of the season here, and then they have four in a week after that. They will probably alternate starts on this unless, you know, Montembeau starts on Saturday and is terrible. I assume that they will alternate starts and see what they've got going into the busier, the schedule picking up. 
And I do have my concerns. I don't think the goaltending is where the Habs fans want it to be. And maybe it's preseason. Who knows? Maybe Samuel Montembo comes in and he goes, by the way, I am an, an above average NHL goaltender now and just locks it all together. My biggest question is, what do you do with Caden Primo? Because you're carrying three goalies and you have to play him in some of these games. So, like, are they going to play him against Chicago, who's not supposed to be good this year, even with Connor Bedard and everything? It's I have questions about that. Special teams, again, will be a a point that I am always concerned about with this team, whether it be the penalty kill or the power play, et cetera. But the biggest I think thing we're is we're gonna see an improvement in the penalty kill, to be honest. I just feel kind of hopeless about that power play. <laughs> it's been like 10 years. The power play sucks. And I'm gonna say sucks because that's the best way to describe it. It, it, it is it is painful to watch, except for the times where the puck goes in, and then is the best thing I've ever seen, because that's how fandom works. And like my fearless prediction for this is that it's probably gonna go to overtime. It's gonna end four, three in one direction or the other. I, yeah, I couldn't I think... tell yeah, it's it's up in the air. I I absolutely think it's going to be an overtime game for whatever reason. The last few have gone that way and it doesn't matter how much better Toronto is than Montreal. For some reason, that first game, they seem to give them fits and Toronto doesn't seem to be able to shake off that demon. Right. And that's something that the Canadians kind of need to, um, they need to take advantage of. And we saw the Habs in the preseason, the game they won in overtime against Toronto was most against Toronto's, Pretty much their entire starting opening day lineup. The Canadians can beat this team. I know that they can beat this team. It's have that faith, have a little swagger in it. Is that the team's not going to be great, but it is not a curse to win games. Uh, I'm excited. I'm, it's going to be nerve wracking just because I think the Leafs' offense is potent and terrifying, uh, even if I don't think much of Sheldon Key for the defense. But uh, hockey's finally back, and I am just meaningful, actual hockey is finally back. Uh, and I'm very excited for that. And speaking of meaningful, in fact, this is actually quite meaningless. We're going to talk a little bit about paper transactions and Arbor Jack Eye. And that's all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. NHL season is finally here, and are the Habs going to take a step forward? Is Cole Caulfield going to score, I don't know, 40 goals? Let's talk about it. I absolutely love the NHL, and I know you do too, and that's why I want to tell you about the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, and it is my go-to for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times the cash on your daily fantasy and right now, honestly, there are so many up-and-coming players that are so exciting to watch. You know, Connor Bedard, we just talked about it. Um, you have to check out Sleeper because you can get 100 times the payout. You heard me. 100 times the payout on Sleeper. So start paying attention, get your picks right, and you could win big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. Sleepers, terms of use for details. This episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had situations where your brain is getting in its own way? 
honestly, you feel like things are okay, but there's just something that's just not quite right. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I have benefited from therapy so many times in my life. Honestly, sometimes it's just, you know, everything's okay. Everything's going right. It's just your mind, your brain is just really, really not working with you. So BetterHelp might be something that you would want to be interested in. It's all entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNHL. So, Scott, let's talk about Arbor Jackeye because some confusing stuff happened today. And I think most NHL fans at this point, or most Montreal Canadiens fans, knowing the cap issues, the LTIR issues that they've had over the course of the last couple of years, understand paper transactions. But let's just do a quick brief explainer about Arbor Jacki and why he wasn't, like you said, he wasn't practicing today. What's going on there? Is he going to be on the roster against the Toronto Maple Leafs? So, yes. And I'm going to just read this directly from the article that Jared Book wrote because it's easier than me trying to explain it. So the Canadians are opening the season with one player on long-term injured reserve. And no, it's not care price. It's Christian Dvorak expected to miss the first month or so of the season because if they did expect him back, they don't need to maximize the relief on his contract that they could just put him there and be done with it. The team had Carey price and Chris Weidman on injured reserve to start the season. That means they do not count towards the 23 player roster limit right now, but they do currently count on or would have counted on the salary cap and the reason that's so important for Prairie to start the season off LTIR is that when a player is placed on there on long-term injured reserve the relief the team gets is the player's salary minus the available cap space when they are placed on IR so you want to be as close to that upper ceiling of that so when Armia and Jack I were sent down, Kent Hughes and John Sedgwick goal was to get as close to that $83.5 million cap as possible on Monday at 5 p.m. to maximize the amount of long-term injured reserve cap space they could get from Carey Price's contract once he was placed on there. Uh, and Armia's cap hit of $3.4 million is a lot more helpful to get to the cap than Jack I. So if the players who could be sent to the Lavelle Rocket on a paper transaction, basically just, hey, he's going down there. He will not be with the NHL team. It's basically get a day off, you know, from that. And Jack, I had the lowest cap it. And the result was with the Canadians getting within $110,417 of the upper limit of the salary cap. That means the team will be able to exceed the cap by $10,389,583 of Carey Price's $10.5 million cap hit. Going into Toronto, it is likely that you'll see Arbor Jacki recalled. Yoel Armia will officially join the Rocket at that point because Armia was waived, cleared waivers, but was not sent down. So he was still there, and they basically just kind of got as close to that upper limit as possible. So Jacki was sent down in the loosest terms in that they did this last year as well, that Jacki was sent down the day before the game. Yes, sent down. He was sent down as in he went home and took a nap or punched an Ottawa Senator or something. I don't know. <laughs> Depending on who you ask. I would love to be sent down in the middle of a work week. <laughs> yeah. Scott, you're being sent down for what? Just go home and take a nap. Oh, all right, cool. But 
That is the reason why Jack I was sent down papered. He will likely be recalled. Big air quotation marks on that for the game tomorrow. He'll probably slot in on that third pair with either Kovacevic or Harris, which cool, all about that. And obviously Armia will be assigned the rocket open up on Friday. But for everyone who's looking at, you know, why the shenanigans, uh, apparently I need a PhD in, you know, business management and accounting and calculus and all this other crap for some reason to understand. It used to be, oh, this player's cap hit is this. Send him down. Okay, I have this much money now. But it looks like the Canadians did a really good job at maximizing the amount of cap space they have. Uh, They do have some dead contract space still. Obviously, you have Alsner's buyout. You have retained salary on Petrie and Joel Edmondson, et cetera. Uh, Some of our Mia's retained salary going down from being sent down. They could bury up to a million point one dollars of that. They did a really good job. I think two teams got within like 30 bucks and managed to maximize their LTIR. But this is this is why John Sedgwick is here is to help, you know, navigate this because it's not easy. I just read the article and I still barely understand it. Like I get it, but I, it, it blows my mind. Uh, and obviously the goal oh, yeah. for the Canadians next year is to not need to put carry price on LTIR to be under, to get under the cap or to have cap flexibility, but we will deal with that as the season kind of wears on here. And what happens when Christian Dvorak comes back? Well, we'll find out, I guess. Um, that is a job for people smarter than I, but we will keep you all informed on that as best we can. I just wanted to shout out a couple of listeners for two unrelated things. Uh, Michael RP on Twitter, who uh, slid into our DMs multiple times to explain all this cap math to me multiple times when I said I couldn't understand it um, on the solo episodes that I did. So thank you, Michael, uh, very, very much. And um, also just our, our good friend Danny from across the pond who wants to know how to watch uh, the Laval Rocket. Uh, AHL TV is your best bet as well as a thing we can't mention. Um, and uh, I'm going to let you read between the lines on that one. But uh, like AHL TV, honestly, uh, that's that's what I would uh, used to use now. The Rocket are kind of in market. So RDS does carry some of their games and, you know, I get to go see them. So it's a lot easier for me. But that like for, if you're across the pond, AHL TV is, uh, is, is where you're going to go. All right, we still have plenty of show to go. Uh, we're going to do some fearless predictions, including how many faces will Arbor Jack I punch coming up? 46. <laughs> Can you stop? Like, I need to get to the other segment first. <laughs> Let's save the prediction for the next segment. All right, um, that's, all coming up. <laughs> that's all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, I want to tell you about bird dogs. What are bird dogs? Bird dogs are shorts or pants. They are the most comfortable pair of shorts or pants you have ever worn. But not only that, they're also stylish. They've got pockets and the pockets actually, they carry everything that you need. Um, And the pants just make you look good. But they're so comfy. They're comfy enough to just, you know, be lounging around in. But they're look good enough they look good enough for you to be going out on the town in and i gotta tell you everybody got bird dogs i gave mine to my brother-in-law and he actually helped me move in them a few months ago um they're so so comfortable but they're also versatile and stylish and trust me you will not want to take your bird dogs off 
And if you want to get a pair right now, don't get a pair, get multiple pairs. Visit birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or use promo code LockedOnNHL to get a free water bottle with your purchase. That is birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or use promo code LockedOnNHL to get a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take them off. Trust us. Okay, Scott, now it's time for Fearless Predictions. How many faces is Arbor Jack I going to punch over the course of this season? I mean, like, as in he'll get a fighting major for it, or as in, like, he punched someone in the face NHL way and will not be penalized for it. They'll just be like, no, you don't, you don't do that in a scrum. That's who I'm going to shake my finger at you. Second thing. Oh, the second thing, like, 78. I don't know. Okay. Like... He'll have he'll come close to double digit fighting majors this year because now that he has established himself as the new big bad guy on the block, we saw it in the preseason that they every time Jack I or somebody hit a leaf, they cut to Ryan Reeves on the bench, and you just know it's going to be all over the redacted networks coverage because it's the only thing they can think to talk about with Arbor Jack I is that. He beats the crap out of dudes. And yes, it is enjoyable to watch, but there is more to his game than that. And I do not want to spend opening night getting cuts to Ryan Reeves or Arbor Jack. I, every time somebody glances at an opponent the wrong way. Uh, but Arbor Jack, I is going to lead this team in penalty minutes and fights. No one will be surprised by that uh, for his own, you know, well-being. I hope he turns down some opportunities this year just because I'd like to see him take that next step offensively. And you can't do that if you're sitting in the box with your knuckles in a box of uh, in a bag of ice there. So, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, we can never forget that he's actually a very useful defenseman. Um, and so he has to be careful not to take himself out of the game. Um, and he hasn't been that bad at it. Like this, this year, I think, or last, sorry, last year, it was a market improvement uh, upon his previous years. Obviously the NHL is a different game and you want to try your best to stay there. Um, and so he did, it did seem like he toned down that he didn't go after everyone at every opportunity, but he also didn't let anything slide, which I think is where you, you, you want that fine balance to be. All right, let's do some more fearless predictions, both Habs related and not Habs related. I think my first one is going to be that the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to knock Toronto Maple Leafs out of the playoffs in the first round. <laughs> it's the funniest possible outcome. Like, Pittsburgh. No, the only in. thing funnier is if, if is if Montreal does it. But yeah, but Montreal making the playoffs would be. I even at shot. my boldest, I do not think I would bet on the Canadians to make the playoffs this year. But and like, it's totally okay as long as they maximize the efficiency or the value of the draft pick they end up with. Yes, and the thing is, Pittsburgh could absolutely slide in as that wild card team that would play a team like Toronto in the first round. It is absolutely the funniest, most chaotic outcome of any, as of right now, any first round series. Um, my bold prediction is I think Toronto is going to win the division, but I believe the Sabres will be the team from the Atlantic division that goes the furthest in the playoffs this year. I like it. Assuming Devin Levi is him. And I, I think, think, yeah, I think he's him. And here's my bold prediction with that is that if Devin Levi is that guy, it's not going to be Connor Bedard running away with the Calder this year. I think if Devin Levi is absolutely that guy, pal, he will he will be pushing every step forward there, especially if he's part of the reason why the Sabres get into the playoffs there. I absolutely think Devin Levi has every opportunity to steal the Calder trophy from Connor Bedard this year. 
Speaking of Connor Bedard, he's on a crap team. How many points do you think he scores? I'm going to say he puts up 85 points this year. I They're going to be bad, but he's... I, so I despise the Chicago organization with every fiber of my being for multitudes of reason. He's an incredible hockey player. He's going to be the focal point of that offense. He's going to have some adjustments, but he is already so good that we saw with McDavid. He's just one of those talents that it just comes in and he is good to go. And I Montreal plays him in a second NHL game. I think a second NHL game uh, on Saturday night. They're going to have to hands close up look. Exactly. It's it's I think he puts up at least 80 points this season. I I wouldn't be shocked if he puts up more, but I think 80 points is a safe bet, assuming he doesn't get injured. So and who knows? Yeah. It's the NHL. I was thinking slightly above points points per game, uh, a point per game player. Uh next question. Who do you think is going to be a surprise massive disappointment in the regular season? <sighs> I mean this is hard because, I mean, the Bruins are going to be a disappointment compared to last year because they're not going to put up 135 points. I think Florida is going to be that team, but I don't know if that's a surprise because they're injured to hell and back on the defensive end of things, like I talked about with uh, Armando in our crossover episode. So failing that, I think it might be the Winnipeg Jets. And I know I say that a lot, and they just re-signed the coward Mark Shagley to an eight-year deal and Connor Hellebuck to an eight-year deal. They, I feel like, are on the cusp of needing a retool more than they needed to re-sign older aging parts of their core. I think they are a team that is primed to be a just disaster class of bad things. Now, especially now they've locked <laughs> disaster in two class of bad things. I love that. <laughs> and it's it, they've been on the cusp of just falling apart at the seams for a couple of years now, and they missed the playoffs. And if Connor Hellebuck gets hurt, I don't see this team being a playoff team. And I absolutely think that they could just implode in impressive, like F-35 fashion, like honestly. Who do you think is going to be a surprisingly good team? Don't say Buffalo. We think Buffalo, like it's very intriguing what you said about Buffalo. But what team do you think everybody's either ignoring or discounting that you're going to find has a surprisingly good regular season and maybe wins a round or two in the playoffs? My first thought is to say the New York Islanders just because, and I've kind of written them off because they're boring and Lou Lamarillo is not a smart GM, but they play a style of hockey that just gets you to the playoffs. And that if Barzal takes that step forward, if Horvat is good and they get a little bit more scoring there, they have one of the best goalies in the league. They could surprise a lot of people. And I think Calgary or Vancouver might be a shock out West. Mine was uh, going to be Vancouver. I, I hate that it might be because Vancouver fans do not like me in any way, shape, or form, I'm pretty sure. but They hate themselves too. It's okay. If they can get decent goaltending or their defense is not an abject tire fire, they've got a lot of fun offensive weapons to do some damage there. Uh, they could very easily be – I don't know if they'll win more than a round if they do that, but I think they are very likely to be a, a bit of a surprise out of the West. Um, and then who's going to be the most fun team to watch where like whether or not the Habs are on, you're like, I really want to catch that game because it's going to be a good time. I always default to the Oilers in this because when the Oilers implode, it's hysterical because it's the day you don't have the good goaltending to go with it. I, I will always tune in to watch the Oilers on a late game or I might tune in to watch the Canucks because they're in that same spot there uh, on the east in the east. Um, 
I, I think really Buffalo do is think a pretty good bet. Buffalo is a great pick. It's just hard to watch because they are blacked out in my market without cable. But I think they are Oilers East minus like the, you know, all world generational superstar in Connor McDavid. But I definitely think Buffalo is that team out East here. Um, and I also think that for me, a low key exciting team is going to be um, Columbus because it's impossible for them to get as injured as they were last year. Um, and they've got some pretty fun forwards. They've got some pretty fun, exciting young players. Um, so I think they're going to be low key interesting. They're going to be some a team where you're like going to pay attention to them. I don't know that they're going to, you know, take massive strides forward in terms of the standings, but I think they're going to be interesting to watch. Um, and then let's talk a couple of things about the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, let's make a couple of predictions about the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, first, I'm predicting that. Cole Caulfield will score 42 or 43 goals this season. I, I, my aim for Caulfield is 45 and that is being about as generous as I think I can get with a non-functioning power play. I think Caulfield will can top 40 goals relatively easily. It's just, if they can sort out the power play, the sky is the limit for him. Uh, I think Kirby doc will top 20 goals this season as well. Uh, Suzuki will pot 25. And then I think a surprising name who could put up, you know, a good 20 goal season unexpectedly is going to be Raphael Harvey Pinard. I don't think he's going to be bound for the Canadians fourth line for long. And yeah, he shot the lights out last year to put up 14 goals and however many games he played. But I think he does all the little things right. That a lot like Brendan Gallagher used to be when he was fully healthy is going to be, just chipping in goals. They might be in garbage time. They might be this or that, but I think Rafael Harvey Pinard has the talent to score 20 NHL goals this season. Which current Laval rocket spends the last 20 NHL games with the Montreal Canadiens. I want to say, uh, Norlander Heineman are up there for sure. I think Joshua Wah will get plenty of looks this season. Uh, and uh, Martin St. Louis also mentioned that Logan Mayu will likely play NHL games this year, depending on what goes on with the defense. I absolutely see them giving him a chance to what have you learned in the AHL opportunities? If he's, you know, worked on some of those hockey IQ things, I think he could be a lot of asset on that third pair there with his offensive upside. But my, my top two guests are going to be Heineman, Norlinder, and then Joshua are my top three picks for that spot right now. William Trudeau will get a cup of coffee, but not 20 plus games cup of coffee this year. Yeah, definitely like a couple of games at most. All right. Final, final prediction. Uh, Where do you see the Habs? Uh, How many points do you see the Habs having at the end of this year? I want to say they had 68 or 69 uh, nice points last year. (laughs) My, my hope for them is that they get closer to like, 75 to 78 points this year take that next step forward uh if they if they hit 80 that's great i don't know if they will that depends on the goaltending but uh 75 to 78 points and likely last in the division again is where i see them but it's about taking that next step forward first and foremost and if they're exciting and they patched up some things great if they didn't well there's always next year That's the saying. There's always next year. But for this season, as the NHL season starts, please send us your predictions. Tell us what you think. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. You can send them to us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can tweet them at us at LO underscore Canadians. You can find each of us individually on every social media platform. I am the active stick. Scott is at Scott Matla. 
You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast, as well as on YouTube. Subscribe, like, tell your friends so they'll find us. Uh, we're excited for a season with all of you once again. So make sure that you are tuned in. Make sure you're subscribed. And we will be talking to you all tomorrow.